This is Dave Arnold, your host of Cooking Issues, coming to you live at Newsstand Studios from Rockefeller Center here in Midtown, New York City. Joined as usual with Nastasia de Hammer Lopez. How you doing? Good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's going on over there? What do you? What? what what's good today? What are you looking Nothing's at? Nothing's good today. Nothing's good today. No, nope. it's John's birthday. <laughs> oh, see, yeah, something good today. Yeah, John, how you doing? Doing great, thanks. Yeah, Thank you, you, like, Thank you, you like you mm-hmm. like being called out uh, for your birthday or dislike it? Happy birthday. <laughs> Uh, indifferent indifferent yeah it's fine yeah what is your favorite okay first of all we got joe hazen how you doing i'm doing great how are you guys doing well and our roving correspondent jackie molecules is in mexico again i think yes i am hello all right now back to the birthday question are you a are you a birthday cake person no not really i mean i'll eat it but i'm not i don't think i'm having any tonight no. No. Yeah. Hmm. Stas, you like a birthday cake, right? Yeah. yeah. Because you like the ritual or because you like the cake? A ritual, I think. Yeah. Booker is obsessed for some reason. He's been asking for the past like four months. He wants me. He wanted to buy the milk bar birthday cake. He's obsessed with it. He's like, Dad, Dad are you ever going to talk to Christina Tozy again? I'm like, I'm like, I don't know. Life's never guaranteed, son. I never know what's going to happen. You know what I mean? I could get hit by a bus tomorrow and then I will never talk to her again. He's like, why don't you make me the, so now he's been pestering me. He pestered me maybe once a week about making him this milk bar birthday cake. And I, I got to say, I'd rather just buy it. It's very expensive. What are you, Booker? It's really expensive. It's his birthday cake. <laughs> so I got to go it's buy acetate. It's until January. I'm, yes, but this is part of his complex of things. He's, he's, oh, he well, thinks okay, constantly yeah, it, about it. He thinks buy constantly, it. but he, I think he wants me to, I don't know what he, I don't know, man. What about, what about you, Joe? You a cake person on your birthday? Yeah, I love Carvel cake. Oh, uh, yeah. I grew up as a Carvel. <laughs> hey. Oh, yeah. yeah dude. I was all about that interview. Yeah, man. Carvel, I have to say, for those of you people who never had the Carvel, I'm sorry for you, man. Because here's the other thing. If you grew up in the, in, in, uh, on the eastern area where we had it, the difference between the Carvel cake, which is the frozen hard Carvel, and Carvel out of the machine, I always love that kind of like that uh, counterpoint between the two. What about you, Mr. Molecules? Okay. What, where are you on the birthday cake continuum? I'm the kind of guy that's like, no, I don't want a cake. But then if someone brings me one, I'm very happy about it, you know. Well, is it, how far does <laughs> so, that go? Yeah. Are you like, don't bring me a cake, but then if they don't bring you a cake, you're like, no cake. Okay. No, 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 no. It's, it's fine. I'll let it go. Are but, you one of those guys that ask for people to not bring you presents, but then when they cake. don't, you're mad? That's what I'm trying to find out. Are you one of those Remember, people? Remember, he's okay with Merlot. No, I'm not. So. Oh, it was Polsky who was okay oh, with Merlot. Oh, come on now. Come on, Stas. I'm not okay with Merlot. Get Bare, it right. Barefoot Merlot. No relation to the barefoot Do contessa. Not Different people. Merlot on my birthday. Hey, listen. No Merlot, please. Like real, re, like well-made real Merlot. I'm like let's like let's not poo-poo Mer, Merlot. The grape is a fine grape, and there are a lot of fantastic. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yes. Fantastic. Yes. You know, uh, single. You know, varietal Merlot wines. Many, like, that, you know, well above what I could afford to pay for them and worth the money that they cost. However, the swimming pool made Merlots, right? The ones that, you you know, the ones that, you know, are distilled into uh, Sandy wipes for use during the pandemic. Those are trash. Right? I think yeah, we can all yeah, agree yeah, that. Yeah, Bodega, bodega Merlots, you know, Bodega Merlots. We don't want those. Yeah, man, I, man, this shows how long you haven't lived in New York City to think you can go buy a Merlot in a bodega. Listen, for all of you, like, not New York people <laughs> who come to New York City, go to a supermarket, stay away from that bottle of quote-unquote wine in the supermarket. That is not wine. I don't know what the hell it is. But that is not wine. Here in New York, you are not allowed to sell wine in a grocery store. All you Californians, all you know, come here and you want to go to Nastasia's like house or whomever's house, and you go to the grocery store and you're like Chateau Diane. Mm, I've never had it, but I will buy it. And then you buy the. Has anyone ever come to your house with the Chateau Diane? Thankfully, no. Yeah. 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 Did you Did you even taste it before you broke it over wow. their head? No, no. I mean, they were from France. They had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you Americans with your wine, Chateau Diane is garbage. <laughs> and, and, and then, like, and then, like, they think that that's how what we think wine is. Yeah. Instead of like, that's just the laws. Did you bring out the Laughing Cow cheese slice? No. Yeah, you remember that? Who remembers the Laughing Cow? It's like it's like processed cheese in a foil 
bag the shape of a of a wedge of cheese. La vache qui rit. Yeah, we used to eat that all the time in Paris. So that's a Parisian thing? Yeah. Definitely. As a kid in middle school, I ate that all the time. So yeah. that's the American version of, I'm sorry, the French version of American cheese? I guess. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's wipeable. It certainly is. Yeah, very spreadable. I'm sure it'd be fine on a burger. I, I enjoy it. It's a good cheese. What's your favorite trash can cheese? Polio cheese sticks. Ooh. Oh, yeah, like the string cheese. Do you know, know? the Palios family related to, not because of the name thing, DePalos. They were like no. cousins. Like a lot of those, uh, like Little Italy, because Palio, huh. that family was originally like, you know, the downtown Little Italy here in, in Manhattan. Yeah, like they're cousins. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, that's wild. Yeah. So you like a Palio string cheese, huh? Yeah. But how much do you like like a Oaxacan string cheese? I don't know if I've ever, I've had Oaxacan cheese. I don't like a big, you know, ball of it that I grated up, but I don't think I've just you never, it. Wait, you never yeah. done the shred? You never shredded no. it? Oh my God. Yeah. Oh my God. You need to get yourself a ball of Oaxacan right. string cheese and start shredding that stuff. Because first of all, it's very, uh, it's very cathartic just because it's so much longer because you unwind the ball and it's like, imagine like the people at Palio were like, let's not, let's not ever cut this off. Let's never pinch off the log. You know what I mean? It's like long. How long would you say one of those things is, uh, guys, the, the Oaxacan string cheese balls? Feet, right? Isn't there like yeah, an Armenian yeah, rolled string cheese kind of thing that you can get at the supermarkets? Ooh, I think it's Armenian. Not at my supermarkets. There's a Turkish string cheese, which is freaking fantastic. Several Turkish string cheeses that are fantastic. I think we can all agree that a string cheese is a fun thing. Yes. Yes. And Absolutely. delicious. Yeah. Yeah. I love. Yeah. I, I like a string cheese. And anyone who's going to poo-poo it, I mean, I think it's that's more on you. Speaking of on the Twitter, well, we'll talk about it later. Yeah. Uh, what about my favorite, uh, like, 1970s-style garbage American cheese, Boursin? Love Boursin. Uh, love it, right? Love it. It's so good. Yeah. What about, what about <laughs> you guys? Where are you guys on the Boursin? You ever had that? Mm-mm. It comes in a, in a... I don't think I've had it. Joe, you had that stuff? Boursin? It's like, imagine, like, amped up cream cheese... With like all kind of like herbs, garlic and, stuff. and some herbs. Yeah, yeah no, I don't think I've ever had it. And it comes in like a, a foil muffin cup kind of thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and the power move, the power move. This is what I used to do when I was a kid. So when uh, after my parents got divorced, when I would go to visit my dad on the weekends, uh, I would always want the same kind of appetizer plate, and it was this. It was super. Kraft used to make a hyper sharp cheddar in a black package right so it was that breadsticks sesame duh like the, the breadsticks with the sesame am i right guys yeah. sesame on the breadstick yeah, uh, oh yeah. yeah oh yeah sardines undrained but like so i would have the sardines separate and then the oil right and then the borsan and what you do is, is is you would take the you would take the breadstick, you would dip it in the in the in the borsan, then you would dip that in the sardine oil, then you would put on a thin slice of cheddar and then the sardine on top of that and pop that. That was that's the Dave Arnold childhood appetizer right there. That's the money. Pika fine dining right there, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know who else really likes cans of sardines or did when he was alive? The Leatherman. The Leatherman. Someone sent me that there's a Leatherman podcast. podcast yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, for those of you who, I don't know, this, maybe this is the first time you're hearing of this show, it's actually difficult to search for information on the Leatherman because the, the, the multi-tool comes up quite often. But he is the vagabond that I wish that I could uh, be. His, his leather clothing weighed 60 pounds. Do you know his bag still exists? As does a single mitten and a couple of his tin pipes. The Connecticut Historical Society has them squirreled away somewhere in Hartford. We should go oh. find them. Tell us about who this leather man is, because I, I mean, first thing that comes to my mind is Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, no, this guy didn't murder people. What he, I mean, that we know of, like he, like people liked him. So he, he, uh, first of all, he looks like he's 8 million years old, even though he died like in his fifties, they think, right? That's the es- estimation. And he used to just walk yeah. like a several hundred mile loop around Westchester and like Fairfield and like New Haven counties. Uh, and every 34 days he would make this loop on foot and he would sleep in these kind of talus rock. They call them caves, but they're not. They're just kind of like jumbles of rocks. And he would stitch together a la Leatherman, but instead of humans, he would take like discarded pieces of boots and whatnot. And he would stitch them into clothes and a hat and a bag. And, uh, you know, he would never talk. He would just people, he would show up at your house. You would give him some food. He would eat the food and he would leave. 
and he liked sardines. Incredible. Yeah, that is incredible. Incredible Halloween costume. I'm looking at it now. I'm posting these pictures in the Discord live chat. It would be so really expensive. A, a couple of people have made the. We need to find some sort of culinary reason, some sort of cooking issues reason for us to make the pilgrimage to the Connecticut Historical Society and have them actually drag Leatherman's bag out of storage so we can look at Leatherman's bag. I'm not going to put my hand in his mitten. That's gross. But I want to sit I me mean, like, I'll look at the mitten. I'm not going to yeah. let you put your hand in his mitten. Yeah. Not, not uh, good practice. Well, I mean, true. <laughs> Fact. The most famous picture of the Leatherman looks like, like uh, it's like Nastasia's uh, what are you talking about face? And it's because he didn't like having his picture taken. So they hid the camera underneath like a, a, a picnic cloth and then gave him some food. He sat down on a stump to eat the food and they were like, surprise. And they lifted off the thing and took his picture. So that's why he's like, Duh. you know, he's like, <laughs> you know that look? I didn't know that. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's got that. He's got like he's got like food in his mouth and he has this like he wasn't a menacing character. But in that photo, he looks menacing because he, you know, didn't like having his picture taken so much. Yeah, that's the look. That's the that's the what the heck are you doing there? Look, love it. Love it. And every part and the reason that we talk about it all the time, people, I apologize, is that every place where I have lived or have relatives is on the Leatherman loop. Right. So like I. Like, I feel like my whole life, I just keep kind of traveling around the Leatherman Lube, but not living the Leatherman life. And for those of you that have been to this area of Connecticut, Westchester in your life, it's all kind of scrubby second growth forest at this point, right? Yeah. In the 1870s and 80s, when he was doing his, his Leathermanning, uh, it was more recently cleared. It had more recently been farmland. And so it would have been a different walk than it, than it is now. So like, you can't, you can't relive the Leatherman walk just by, you know, donning some leather clothes and, you know, hiking around, you know, along I-95 and down the Connecticut river. It doesn't work like that because it's just, it's a whole different landscape than it used to be. Oh boy, the Leatherman. Uh, so we have a new feature that I was forcing Jack to do, and that is he's now our roving correspondent. What do you have for us in food news in Mexico, Jack? <laughs> hey, can I first give us a plug and shout out for being the top 15 podcast in Apple Foods rankings? That's a great accomplishment since we have the second RSS feed that's been you know, a, a struggle to get to the top of the search results. So, Wow, that's great. Yeah, that's I, I, I didn't even know that was humanly possible, yeah. considering that every day I get like five tweets saying, where'd you go? Why did you stop doing podcasts? <laughs> and and well, I have to say, 15 on Apple I have to say, Jack, it is freaking irritating because uh, the, somehow you have to actually go in and type, a, you have to go into your podcasting and type cooking issues out full to get it. Like, Google still hasn't, like, gotten hip to the fact yet. You know what I mean? Well, they're running behind, but oh, top 15 machines. apples is a good sign. So, hopefully that. So, anyway, I had um, my, my Mexico food reports here. This, I may have mentioned this place once before, but I had a much fuller meal here at a place called Expendio de Nice. Um, they do, like, a kind of street omakase thing where you just sit down and they'll keep bringing you dishes until you say stop. Do they have and the corn? The coin? Do they have the, the the red green like the the Argentinian coin? I love those things. No, no, no. It's it's kind of elevated. Like if it were inside, it would it would you know, it's like modernist in its approach. Um, however, they they have poke there, right? So I had a lot of poke. How and much? I'm curious if you know why. How much? I don't know. Two glasses. Oh, okay. Not a they lot. They were adamant about not a lot. They were adamant though about me not having it with beer. They're like, no, no, you can't do that. Because I ordered a beer, too. And I was like, what? And like, you can't do that. Like, they react. Really? And it didn't make sense to me. What, what, what is that? I don't think that makes any physiological sense, Jack. I think it's just they wanted you to stick on pulque. I think, like, once, once you're in the pulque thing, they want you to keep doing pulque. I don't think I ever got into this no, on they air. Said you, they, said you could have mex, they said you could have mezcal and pulque, but beer and pulque Well, won't. that's all agave-based. Ah. Uh. We have a you have a poke story here. Well, not a poke story, but a similar being told what I can't do at a restaurant. I don't think I ever mentioned this. I told you when I was in Italy, you know, over the summer I went to Rome and I went to this uh, this great restaurant that two of the listeners recommended and got the fried artichoke and asked for it 
to go with a, a wedge of lemon, and I was refused. They said, no, you cannot do that. Yeah. Was, oh, yeah, you told right. me about that, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then everyone started laughing, and it was... Uh, and you're like, no, really, really bring me that. Yeah, you're like, no. no, and then she didn't bring it. I didn't get the wedge of lemon. Wow. Yeah, just adamantly refused to, to give me the lemon. And, uh, you know, it's they like... It to me, yeah. I'm okay with them being like, can you try it without the lemon? Just try it, and then I'll bring you a lemon. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, but no, that wasn't even an option. Yeah. Yeah, no lemon, only option. People are, people are the worst. People suck. Yeah. I don't think, I think it's just a, they didn't want, I don't know, it's like some sort of thing they didn't want to mix. A lot of people are like that. Have you ever heard my, uh, the, the way I remember what you can do? Have you ever have you, have Wait, I told you one? No. Uh, it goes like this. Beer than wine, fine. Liquor than wine, fine. Liquor than beer, fine. Beer than liquor, fine. Beer than wine, fine. Wine than beer, fine. What? <laughs> Did I did I miss any combinations? I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you left Polke out, but I mean, yeah, yeah. Well, I, 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 Polke wasn't on the list. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah. but that's yeah, that's how yeah. I try to remember which combinations are okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, look, I I think the the, the where that uh, all those what's it called? All those uh, you know. I don't want to say superstitions, but all, all of those like things come from the idea that if you get yourself liquored up on something low proof and then switch to hard, you no longer have your uh, full uh, ability to judge what you're doing intact. And then you go way over the edge is probably where it is. But as long as you maintain your ability to judge this drink is a drink, this is how much alcohol I am consuming, then it doesn't matter what order you do it. Sure. I can also eat my dinner in reverse. Can you guys eat your dinner in reverse? What do you mean? Start with dessert? Yeah, you don't like you can't yeah. do a reverse dinner, Joe. I have no problem doing a reverse dinner. Yeah, you know what else I like? I like breakfast for dinner. Yeah, don't I don't do that enough. I don't know if I'd be oh, able yeah. to do dessert, then a salad, and then the second course. Thing would have to literally be the uh, the dolce, then the secondi, then the primi, then the antipas. Do you know what I appreciate a lot about what you just said, Joe? Is that is that by you saying you can't do the full reversal, you have your salad at the end. Do you hate the American custom of the salad coming out first? Do you like your salad after the meal? I like a salad after the meal. Before I love the a cheese. salad after a meal. Yeah. I love it. We never yeah, always did it, but we did occasionally do it. Well, it's like a, we never did it. Salad was always with the meal for regular days, but on like holidays and like, you know, celebration days, you'd have your main thing. Then the salad would kind of like mellow your stomach out before the cheese and the and the desserts and whatnot came. My mother always did because she was like, she was amazing at making this, the, the linguine of vongole. And then our salad came after linguine of vongole. There you go. Yeah. So you're like, I could have a cake when I start, but no, 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 not cake than salad. I won't do that. What is it that you, uh, what is it that we won't do, Stas? Can't say it, right? <laughs> yeah, only when it's a male comedian. That was all bleeped, Stas. Was it really? Yes. You bleeped it, But I don't know why. I don't bleep I, anybody. I don't know, See, I, you didn't I bleep anybody. Jack did. You did, Jack? No, no one bleeped anybody. No one bleeped anybody. Jack said he was going to bleep it out. This is the problem with doing interviews when the person's not with you. I can't be like, it's hard when you're, when you're over a thing. But somehow, Nastasia somehow is bending this into me being a bad person. I don't really know how. Maybe she'll explain it to me later. <laughs> or now. I don't know how this makes me a bad guy, but, you know, whatever. Whatever. Uh, so, uh, so how was the pulque? Delicious. The meal was incredible, too. They had this, this dish where they served. I don't know what kind of bug it was because my Spanish is horrible. I knew there were bugs. They kind of looked like the roly-poly, like they're kind of circular. Like, I don't know if those are beetles or what they are. I mean, they look like, like a, they were like so a potato dark. bug? Maybe. They're like dark, small, oval-shaped, like kind of smooth, if that makes sense. And they were actually good, not what just crunchy? That? No, they were good. They added this kind of like earthiness to the dish, and they were, they were crunchy. It, it wasn't like the—I like, didn't feel gimmicky like bugs just for the sake of it. I was like, oh, it's definitely added a new flavor to I mean, this like, dish. Because, like, honestly, I would always rather have a potato chip than a grasshopper because potato chips don't get caught between my teeth. Like, the legs that potatoes yeah, don't have true. don't get caught between my teeth. You know what I'm saying? I mean, do you yeah, love grasshoppers? I them well here. I, mean, I eat them here. But do you love grasshoppers? Are you like, oh, my God, that's what I'm going to buy a pack of? No. Yeah, me neither. No. 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 
Yeah. And, and when someone's like, you know what? This energy bar, it's even better because we chummed up a bunch of grasshoppers and put it in. Are you like, oh, yeah, I need that one? <laughs> no. No. Yeah. Uh, but these roly polies, you'd be like, I want to sprinkle those on my salad again. No, I don't think I would trust myself to know how what application to use them for, but whatever dish this was, it made sense in the context of the dish. But I wouldn't be like, man, I want to get a big bag of those. Yeah, I had the, uh, the ant eggs. Those were good, but they're kind of pricey. Yeah, those are good and pricey. They're real pricey. Why are they so big? Ants aren't that big. Why are they so big, those ant eggs? Great question. It's like, you know, you're like, oh, my God, the egg. Well, what's going to come out? Ant. You know what I mean? It's like, it doesn't make sense. They're so much bigger than you'd think. How big are we talking about? Like the size of like a, like a, like row? Uh, they look like a, like, like a small white bean. That's big. Yeah. yeah. Like oval shape. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, the one time I had the ants, like the ones that are like kind of dried, they're supposedly real good. By the way, people, if you go get the ants, get them real fresh. Cause by the time that, remember we tasted them on air, didn't we Stas? Didn't we have Paul Adams over from uh, from yeah, when he was yeah, at Popular yeah. Science and we ate – I'd saved those ants from when I was in Mexico and we ate them and he was the only person that could eat them. Mm-hmm. Not just because they were bugs but because they're, I guess, real fatty. But I don't know. I, I think the fat goes rancid very, very quickly. They tasted like just straight rancid grease, like freaking grease trap. Like for any, if you've ever worked with rancid grease in the past, you know what I'm talking about, right? It's like, you know what I'm talking about when they don't clean out the grease trap and you got that smell yep. and you're expected to somehow like do prep in that room. Yep. And, and people are like, oh, the guests can't smell it. The guests can't, the guests can smell it. They can smell that. I don't know. I, I, I mean, we should have Paul on again. We haven't seen him in a while. It was his birthday last weekend. Mm. Yeah. Um, by the way, if you're listening live on Patreon, call your questions in to 917-410-1507. That's 917-410-1507. Uh, so you're not going to have a cake tonight for your birthday, huh? I don't know. Maybe. What's, your, know. what's, your, favorite, uh, what's your favorite birthday dessert? Ooh. I don't know. No, no real favorite dessert. I don't know. I'm going to go to Ernesto's tonight, so whatever they have on the dessert menu. Yeah, in my neighborhood. I know, yeah. Right across the street, basically. Yeah, yeah. We're going to Kickstarter. Ernie's, Ernie's, Ernie's <laughs> Toes. Ernie's Toes. Yeah. Uh, or I call it, sometimes I call it Burton Ernesto's. Sometimes I call it Ernie's Toes. Okay. Uh, by the way, big shout out to those people at Ernesto's, which is a, a fine dining uh, establishment uh, on the corner of Samuel Dickstein Plaza. Well, I forget the name of what they actually, but that's the actual plaza. And East Broadway. Not Broadway. East Broadway. East Broadway. You know how many times a tourist shows up at like right outside <laughs> my house and is like, this is Broadway? And I'm like, uh, no, this is East Broadway. Have you seen Mr. Robot? More like that. You know what I mean? Like not, not like, yeah, not, not Broadway. Uh, so big shout out to them. They know why, uh, but their service was super on point when I was there last time. Lifesavers. And if any of them ever listen to this program, they know why. Thank you, Ernesto's. Uh, All right. Yeah. And our uh, our good friend, uh, what day of the week is it? Tuesday. Oh, I don't think uh, we have a good friend who uh, works bar there. Oh. A, a artisanal dice maker, Robert Saxe. Oh. Yeah. yeah is he, he doing that with Karen? Yes, Karen Stanley and, and Robert Saxe. You can look them up. Does anyone know the name of their company, their Artisanal Dice Corporation? Death Rattle. Death Rattle yes. is a good name for an artisanal Dungeons & Dragons dice menu. And uh, Robert Saxe is uh, always kind of the most confounding person for Nastasia Lopez to deal with because he, he can... So we haven't talked about it in a while, so I feel like it's okay. Nastasia Lopez likes Bananagrams. She likes Bananagrams. And by the way, so do I. It is a good game. Bananagrams, Bananagrams is like less boring Scrabble. Would you say that's yeah. accurate? Because yeah. it's fast. It's, it's over pretty quick. Nastasia has certain uh, rules about it. For instance, uh, what do you hate in Bananagrams, Stas? Two letter words uh, with Q. Like key. Yeah. You hate that. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. Hates it. Yeah, hates it. Count. She hates all two-letter words, in fact. No, that's not true. If someone pulls an or an at, it's weak. Yeah, right. Sometimes it's neat. But you, don't, but you will not allow a two-letter Q word. Yeah. There's another specific one you hate, too, right? I forget. I forget what it is. 
No, I can't think of it. But Robert was at my house last weekend and we played on the lawn, like the lawn bananagrams. He won. So, yes, of course he did. He always beats you. He always beats everybody. But the thing that pisses Nastasia off the most about it. Cheating. Well, no. Uh, well, like we have a different friend who cheated. And was it you that flipped the table or yeah. he flipped the table? No, I flipped the table. Yeah. Nastasia actually flipped the table on this It was, dude. what's his name? Um... I'm, well, I'm not going to call someone out that you flipped the table on. Why? I will. All right. Daniel Krieger. Yeah. You know, food photographer. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. He did he do a two letter against the no, rule? He was he... cheating. How do you cheat? He was throwing letters underneath the table that he didn't like. <laughs> and he just flipped the table. <laughs> Drop one, pick three people. Drop one, pick three. Them's the rules. Yeah. Uh, anyways. But the reason Nastasia gets perturbed by Robert is Robert has developed this ability to be completely placid as he is working. And Nastasia is much more used to people like me who are loud and like we yell at each other back and forth when we're bananagramming. You know what I mean? You're in my area. You're in my space. Like, like, like Nastasia <laughs> is the queen of building her bananagram, like, like letters, like, encroaching oh on my your gosh, space. Do you know what we have next Friday? Are you going to be able to go to the whole thing? Wait, I only know about the one thing. Billy Joel? It's Rich Girl. No, sorry, that thing we're hauling notes. Oh my yeah, God. my brain just went off for a second. But yeah, we're going to go see Billy Joel, right? What's yeah. the rest of it? Well, are you able to stay for the whole concert? How do you stay for half of a Billy I Joel know. concert? You're Dave Arnold. <laughs> <laughs> you got to cook dinner. I mean, like, Billy Joel is Billy Joel. Okay. Oh, I know what we'll do. Instead, let's get a job working at a non-alcoholic vegan juice shop. Yeah. No, let's do it. Because <laughs> that's what we did last time yeah. when we were supposed to see Billy Joel. No, and then we were supposed to see him last year, remember? Or right. we were planning on it and then COVID. Yeah. 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 Yeah, like that's the worst thing that happened because of the pandemic, right? Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's do some questions, people. Uh, wait, did you have any more on your, on wait, your, one on of your the, wait, one of the tickets is water, got waterlogged. So I don't know if it works. Well, I mean, it's not a machine. The barcode is off. Oh, geez, Louise. <laughs> we have some issues. You know what? <laughs> this? this totally the checks 90s, out. Where are your digital tickets? If, hey, listen, if anyone who can hear my voice in the next week works at the garden, <laughs> Right. If any of you work at the garden and can help us with our barcode issues, let reach out to John and see whether or not somebody out here knows how to be like, that's a legit ticket. That's legit. It got sun faded and then like toilet water dripped on it from the toilet water. Amazing. There was an overpass. Oh, <laughs> that's what we're dealing with, Dave. Uh, <laughs> why is this not surprising? This is the worst. This is the worst. Listen, go for Booker and Dex, though. <laughs> listen, listen, people. You can tweet a, a photo of it. Listen, week. listen to me, people. <laughs> if the toilet is clogged, wait. Don't immediately flush again. No, no, no. It did it overnight. Like it overflowed overnight while I was sleeping. Oh, it's a rear tank. Yeah. Oh, that's slightly oh less God. gross than it. Than a, <laughs> yes. Yeah. A rear tank overflow is, you know, not, not user error. Although it's not never supposed to flow that fast because the overflow tube must've gotten, uh, it's, uh, you know, that house. Yeah. 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 I wonder, oh, never mind. I'm not going to, I'm not going to think anymore, but I'm just thankful uh, my roommate in college once did what we called pooping through the ceiling where, you know, when you go to somebody's house and you clog up their toilet, right? And for whatever reason, they don't have a plunger right there. You want to take care of it right away. This is why in your house, you should always in your guest bathroom have a visible plunger and brush. Listen to me, people. You want to be a good host? You think it's making sure that you have enough wine? Have that too. But in the bathroom, make sure there is a brush so they don't have to leave streaks on your toilet and be embarrassed and make sure there's a plunger there. Agree with me? Yep, definitely. Yeah. So he... Yes, he absolutely. Yeah, right? So he clogs the toilet and then he... He can't find the plunger. And so... He doesn't wait long enough for the drop down before he hits the second flush. It goes out of the toilet and then through a light fixture on the first floor. So it's dripping filth toilet water through 
this person's light fixture onto their dining room table in that like and we call oh. that pooping through the ceiling. And I, I think gross. of Lionel Richie whenever I whenever I it's what a feeling when you're pooping through the ceiling. <laughs> That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, Joe, did you have a story relating to that? I heard someone say something. No, no, no. I just kept thinking about the upper decker, but I've never actually fully seen one happen. Yeah, I don't find that like I don't find that to be a good joke. I don't think you should do if if anyone does that in my house, I will never speak to you again. And I don't have the power to kind of like harm people's career in any way, but if I could, I would. Uh, to me, like upper decking me is like, don't ever do that. <laughs> Joe, 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 did you do you know about the Dave's vacuum? No, I don't know. Dave, oh my will you tell us about your vacuum? Please. Well, short, short version, go. Well, we told that on the on that other network. Just do it. Just short version. So, so I have a robot vacuum. Her, na <laughs> Her name is Xiaomi. Is it the Rumba? No, 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 no. Come on, man. Like Rumba is like three times the price for this. So you buy this one from from China, Xiaomi, and it's got all the same features, but it doesn't work unless you tell it. You got to tell Xiaomi that you live in mainland China, but speak English, and then it works. If you try to tell it that you live in America, it's like, I'm not an American vacuum. I can't work here. Sorry. But if you tell it, yes, I do live in mainland China. I just only speak English. Then it works fine. So I have this, like, and the reason I like it is that, like, the super expensive Roomba has LiDAR. You guys know what LiDAR is, right? It's the laser radar thing that it's, you know, yeah, it's like in the new iPhones. It's, it's fantastic. Anyway, so I like it because it has LiDAR and it, like, measures your room. It's not like room, the old Roombas are all random. They're just like, ah, did I vacuum here? I don't know. I'm stupid. And then it just keeps going over everything. Anyway, it turns out that a vacuum cleaner that knows where it's going is actually irritating because it knows it hasn't vacuumed the spot where your foot is. And when you're trying to cook in the kitchen, it keeps on going, bang, 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 right into your foot because it's like, I haven't cleaned under your foot yet. Just like, just get the programming a little better and make it, make. okay, anyway. Here's the thing, the LiDAR a little too high to see dog poop. So what happens is my son Booker, who walks a small dog because small dog Watson, right? It's easier to control. So Dax is controlling my big dog major. They go out and Booker like basically, basically drags Watson like he's a crumpled up piece of aluminum foil, just drags him around the block <laughs> and brings him back into the house. And he hasn't pooped yet. I'm like, Booker, did Watson poop? Yep. And then that's it. He goes in his room, shuts his door. Watson, meanwhile, small dog. He can't hold it in forever. He's a small dog. So he poops on the floor and uh, and pees because who can who can poop without peeing? In the bathroom, right? In in the bathroom. In the bathroom. So thank you, Watson. Not on the carpet. Xiaomi is like, I haven't vacuumed in the uh I haven't vacuumed in the in the bathroom yet. <laughs> Boom! Inhales all of the pee in the dog poop into the vacuum and then starts like spraying. <laughs> No, I think Xiao stink. didn't Xiaomi close the door in the bathroom too, so you walked in and it's just like Maybe. I don't All I remember is like, what's that smell? What's that? What's that smell? And then you open the door and it's like ah! Ah! You know what I mean? Because how do you fix that? I hear how the new Roombas it? have the technology to avoid that. They have the poop poop avoidance. Yes. Poop. They have a little they have a little nose in front of them and they're like, nah, I'm vacuuming that. Yeah. I don't do poop. <laughs> I don't do poop. Uh, well, real quick, while we're on the topic of bodily functions and all that, people want to know, was your story last week about peeing in the ice hotel a true story or a hypothetical? I did not pee in the ice hotel. No, no, but was that, did you experience that? I'll story? say this. That is not hypothetical. Okay. There we go. Yeah. That is a true story. <laughs> yeah. It turns out that if you go to an ice hotel... Even though the sucker is made of ice and ice is theoretically free, if you pee on one of their pre-sculpted blocks, they carve it out and they charge you for that, for the, for the, uh, you know, repair work on the, on the ice hotel. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yukasvari, Yukasvari, Sweden. Uh, all right. So from Brady Vickers, last weekend I did a pitchfork fondue for a crowd. I used strip steaks. All right. Uh, what do you guys think? Thought think of, about the strip steak? What, what's your feeling on the strip versus the rib? Mm, I'm not sure. I'm not the biggest fan of strip steak. Me neither. I like a strip steak. If someone serves me a strip steak, I'm like, I, I like strip steak. I'll take a skirt steak over a strip steak. Really? Love skirt. You like them chewy, huh? Mm, I like the butt. The I like the was it the 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 upper flank. Mm. 
Hanger is my favorite cut. Really? So, yeah. Give me, give me the, give me the French term. Isn't that the same as anglais? Anglette, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anglette, yeah, yeah. 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 So, say it again. Sounds good. Anglette. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stas, you're, you're, you're a rib, right? You're not a strip. You're a rib. I don't know what I am. I don't know. Really? Mm-hmm. Huh. I don't know. The pandemic's really like blunted your meat sense. Yeah, that's true. It used to be, you put a steak in front of Anastasia, she dri- dives into it like, it like it's a pool. She's like, ah, steak. And then <laughs> wow. the pandemic happens and she's like, wow. I don't even know what kind of steak I like anymore. Yeah. I'm beyond steak. What is steak? <laughs> what is steak really? Like it's a chopped up cow. What about you, Jack? What's your, what's your steak? Ribeye. Yeah, I'm a ribeye guy. I like a ribeye. And it's poisoned my yeah. mind as to how to cook other cuts because all the cuts cook differently. So all the people that give recommendations based on their like extreme knowledge of one cut kind of give bad advice when it comes to the other cuts. This is uh, whatever. I have to deal with that later. Okay. I use strip steaks. I vacuum bagged and cooked them low temperature at 54 degrees Celsius. Do the, uh, do the uh, conversion for me there, uh, John, on the computer. For about two hours. For service, they were dropped into a fryer for about two minutes, then plated and served with a ribbon fries. Guests started cutting into their steaks, and the steaks are gray from edge to edge. I know they will bloom to a nice red color, but the guest doesn't know that. When they first cut into the steak, they think it is massively overcooked. That would be a good band, Massive Overcooking. Or is that an album? It's an album, right? Massive Attack is what makes me think of it. Anyway, uh, massively overcooked. Is there a way to avoid this when doing low temp for insurance like this? Uh... From Brady Vickers. Okay. 129. Okay. Uh, that's fine. Skirts, uh, listen, strip steak rather has a tendency to, uh, has a tendency to kind of, I think, kind of go gray and like go a few shades lower and you don't have time for it to, as you say, cherry up. What I would do for you is depending on how thick your steak is, I think you should do 45 minutes at, at, at 54 and then drop it to like 52 and let it ride. That's going to preserve the color a lot better on the myoglobin straight out of the bag. So something that's been cooked up to 54, make sure it gets you know up there because that's the texture that you want. And then drop and ridden at 52 Celsius, which that's, can you look that up? I forget what that is. Like that is going to preserve that color on the inside uh, even even better. 125. 125. Also, um, two minutes on a deep fry is a long time unless the steak has gone, like, almost all the way cold, right? So, like, and the difference between, like, a 45-second deep fry on something that's warm and, like, a two-minute deep fry on something that's warm is, like, a huge difference because— like on on a forty five second fry, you're maybe pushing the the center core temperature up of your of your one inch steak like two three degrees. You're taking it from fifty two back to fifty four without a lot of uh, a you know color change. But if you're pulling it at fifty four and then dropping it into that, you're you're pulling it up to like fifty seven in that range, and so it's going to look rare. It still won't taste overcooked because you don't have enough time to drive the moisture out of it. So it's still going to taste fine. But I think you, you, decreasing your fry time, unless it's cold or room temperature, in which case, fine. A two minute fry is fine, right? But uh, if you're if you're talking about one that is still almost at service temperature, that's a long time to fry. And I would to drop to fifty two, and then a drop to fifty before you do your fry, right? So I would drop it from fifty four. To, to get to your temperature, 52 for the ride, that's going to preserve color, and then drop it to 50 for the fry, and then edge your fry down to, uh, to like, a little bit lower, like 45. Another trick, if you know you're going to do a lot of them, is um, you can, and this is going to make you not reabsorb as much juice, but it will drive the temperature down. If you really want that look of a two-minute fry, if you just throw them into water for the same amount of time that you fry them, they about equal each other out. So, and speaking of water, if you're going to deep fry a steak, uh, I've spoken about this on air, but I actually did it again very recently. If you watch, uh, I think you should leave season two. They have a, a thing called sloppy steaks where they pour water all over their steaks on the, they cut them up, they get them, they pour water all over their steaks at the steakhouse. Season, season two of what? I think you should leave. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, it's, it's like Tim, he plays this character who says that he's like a big, used to be a big POS with slick back hair and like tight jeans and like sloppy steaks and like, you know all this other stuff. And so they make up this thing called sloppy steaks, which he says is ridiculous, where they order the steaks at a steakhouse. They then take the water from their water glasses and pour it all over their plates and like start eating it. Right. But it turns out that when you're deep frying uh, meats, uh, those flavors that are characteristic of that high temperature uh, fry oil, 
in things with batters and, and breadings or French fries, where we associate that with kind of goodness, you don't associate that with goodness when it comes to a steak. So you associate it with tasting fried because of that thin layer of fry oil that's on the outside, whereas the, it's actually a, a great way to do it from a crust perspective. So listen to this. This is going to sound horrible, but it really, really works. Just rinse them off. Fry it, rinse them off, slice them, salt them, oil them, or butter them, and out. Uh, if you really, if this really makes you nervous, then rinse them with beef broth. You know, just like ladle some beef, beef broth over it. You just want to get that thin layer of fry oil off. I haven't done a side-by-side ever on rinsing it with beef versus rinsing it with water. I've done both and they, they both work. You don't want to do it like a long time, but like literally just like drag it through water to get that oil off the surface, pat it dry, slice it, salt it. Uh, I, you know, I'm an olive oil on steak. Are you, are you guys butter on steak or olive oil on steak? Either. Depends, I guess. Either. Olive yeah. oil. Yeah, same. Olive oil. So, uh, so I made, I did sloppy steaks over the weekend and I, uh, <laughs> I, for the first time, I had some pesto left over. I've never served. I always do chimichurri style stuff. I'd never done pesto. I'm not a fan of all of the of all of the uh, the parmigiano and the pesto with the with the steak. Not a fan. The rest of the family was okay with it. What do you guys think? Pesto with steak doesn't work, right? Chimichurri great. Pesto not so great, right? Yeah. I mean, fine. Yeah, it just wasn't what I wanted. Yeah. I was like, oh, it looks like chimichurri. I'm gonna be so happy, and then I, I wasn't. Yeah. Uh, speaking of over the weekend and deep frying, I did sloppy steaks. And the other thing I did was, so every day when I'm walking down Canal Street or most days, I pass by, for those of you that don't live in New York, we have all of these, uh, like these delis and bodegas that have signs with just like giant white block letters saying the names of foods. You guys know what I'm talking about? It'll say like pizza, bagel. So like when I lived, when I lived uptown, there was one that said ice cream donut. There's never any punctuation. They just have like lists of words, right? So I was like, ice cream donut. And so like the very first, one of the very first things I made when I got my first professional deep fryer 20 something years ago, whatever, in the 90s was, uh, so I'm well more than 20 years ago now, was an ice cream donut where I made the fry, the donuts and then I jammed them full of ice cream. And it was because of this sign that I constantly pass. So there's this other sign that I pass and it, and it says, it says pizza fried chicken. I'm like pizza fried chicken. Ooh, what does that mean? Pizza fried chicken. I was like, you can't, there's no such thing as pizza fried. There's chicken fried. So I was like, maybe they just got it backwards and it's supposed to be chicken fried pizza. And then so I was imagining taking a slice of pizza and battering it and frying it like, you know, Mo did in, you know, in The Simpsons. But then I was like, yeah, it wouldn't work so much. I don't think I would like that very much. But I was like, but what's fried? Panzerati's, you know, in some calzones are fried. What if I chicken fried that sucker? And so on Sunday, I made chicken fried calzone and it was, um, it was a delicious. It was so good. It was so good. But I'm wondering whether I should go buy me some meat glue and instead of doing calzone, do actual chicken skin or adhere chicken skin to the outside of the calzone and have all three layers Right. So, so if you go to my Instagram, it's the last thing I posted was the chicken fried uh, calzone. The one thing I would change over what I did was I would lower the oil temperature a little bit and cook it a little bit longer. Slight, slight bit of doughiness in between the layer of the cheese and the uh, and the and the and the, and the bread. Uh, anyway. OK, this is from uh, Kim Yardie Ferrer. Uh, I want to do a mid-sized turkey slow roasted in a tightly sealed bag to falling off the bone tenderness. What temperature and how many hours do you recommend to achieve this result? My guess is 12 hours at 90 degrees Celsius, but this is just a guess. I also plan to brine at 3% and sear uh, before and after roasting uh, with my sears all. Okay, listen. If you're in a bag, I'm trying to figure out exactly what you mean by roasting. You mean like in an oven, in like a bag bag? Is that like, are we talking like low temperature low temperature sous vide. I'm not sure what we're talking about, right? Why so, don't you give her both? Well, so here's the issue, right? So like turkey legs confit are great. Turkey leg confit is great. Any of you guys, we, any of you guys ever do the mock asabuco with the turkey legs? No, no. Oh, it's real good, real cheap. So like, uh, like you get the, the, the turkey legs and they, they cross slice them 
you know, get someone to do it for you on a, uh, what's it called, bandsaw, and you use the big pieces, right? And then you uh, braise them as though they're asabuco. So, you, you know, you flash them off and then you do the braise and then you pull the tendons out after they're cooked, which makes your life like a whole heck of a lot easier. I grew up eating asabuco. Like Asabuco is one of my favorites. So then when I, when I, you know, was out of college and we had no money, I couldn't afford because the price of the veal shanks had already gone like kind of through the roof at that point. This was like 30 years ago. And so we started doing it with turkey legs. And so we always had this kind of mock Asabuco with, uh, with turkey legs, but turkey legs respond very well to kind of long cooking. So you wouldn't need nine. That's what I'm trying to say. Like I would never, I've never done oven roasting of anything at that low of a, of a temperature. I don't know. I don't even know what that would do. Right. So if you're talking like in an, in, I, I just don't even know what that would do. Like if you're talking about bagging it, 12 hours is a long, 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 long time to be cooking the breast meat of a, of a bird. Now, if you want the, the, the breast to be, the breast will get fibery, right? So the, the turkey breast wants to be cooked somewhere between 60, two and 63 or four Celsius. That's where the turkey breast wants to be in that range between 60 and 64. The longer you cook it, the lower the temperature wants to be. Okay. Uh, and what happens is, is they, it just gets fibery. So you chew it and it, it's not dry, but it just has this kind of fibery kind of texture. Um, the leg wants to be at about 55 to 56, but if you cook it at that low temperature, it's always going to be kind of red, almost kind of no matter how long you cook it, even for several hours. So you're kind of in between a rock and a hard place there. So a lot of people will inject the breast with brine, which is helpful, right? Uh, but it's hard to get the leg exactly where you want it and the breast exactly where you want it. So at, if you did it low temperature, you could get the legs tenderized but at 90 Celsius, that turkey breast is going to be hammered, hammered. Uh, maybe someone in the Discord can, uh, maybe someone in the Discord has done this style before. I haven't done it exactly like this. Also check the cookingissues.com for old turkey cooking yeah, seriously. practices. Yeah, but that's all. I mean, yeah, no, 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 one, no still, one does the robotic. No, no, but it's still a good idea to get times and temperatures and things like that. It's a good Starting point. We do have an interesting question in the Discord, Dave, right. from Slim Joe. Okay. What's up with the new Searsall? Well, uh, that's a good question. So get ready, people, for the Searsall Pro. Yeah, we're gonna release in a in a in a week or two. Uh we're gonna do a crowdfund. Uh which platform are we using, John? Indiegogo. Indiegogo. Because uh, apparently it's better for things like this. Correct. Than Kickstarter, yes. Yeah. So you got to tell, here's, here's what it does. Here's what it does. So one of the things uh, that, you know, a lot of people were like, I like the Searsall, but it's a little bit small, right? And I like the Searsall, but like I'm going to use map gas and it burns out, right? So what we did was we made a Searsall with 50% more surface area on the front. Right. So 50% more searing area. Now, if you use that with your with on propane, right, like the, the regular Searsall, one of the reasons not to use map gas on a Searsall 1.0 is it'll completely burn it. The other reason not to use map gas on a Searsall uh, 1 is that it just overfires the Searsall and you're actually throwing away all that extra heat. This, the Searsall Pro can take advantage of map gas and it's hotter than the Searsall 1 and also more even because we have this, we completely redesigned it. It's got a cone-shaped screen on the inside and that cone-shaped screen spreads the heat out evenly even though this unit is actually like more squat it's it's actually a smaller cone right than the Searsall one and the reason we did that is because it's no higher it's no higher off of the ground than the old one is i didn't want to increase the tipping hazard of it so it's the same weight as the old Searsall it's the same height as the old Searsall but it's just a lot shorter with 50% more searing area and it uses map gas and it screams. And do you have to pre-season it? You do not have to pre-season it, John, because we're pre-baking all the insulation and you can use it straight out of the box. So you use it straight out of the box, no pre-seasoning. You can put it directly on your old torch. We recommend using map gas with it or map pro just because to, to take advantage of that extra surface area, you, you know, you want to move up to map. If you use propane on it, it sears at a, it's bigger, but it sears at about the same rate as the as the Gen One sears all. But when you put the map on that thing, it screams. 
seems it's so baller when you're when you're using it. We also changed the front face angle of it slightly, so it's a little bit easier on your wrist. We're going to be selling our own torches so that you won't have to give the Burnsmatic money just to give us money. Uh, <laughs> um, and and we're working on it. We're almost 100% sure. For those of you that are listening in Europe or Asia, we're going to do an Isopro version. Uh, so, you know, that's camping gas for those who don't know what Isopro is. It's not the, not the propane camping gas, but the ones that like Jetboil uses. And that's a much easier tank to source worldwide than the map gas and propane cylinders uh, that, that we use. Uh, anything else I'm leaving out on that uh, Sears All Pro? No, that's it. I think that covers it all. Yeah. Sears All Pro. And it really just like, I was like, eh, how much better can it be? And then like, you know, with map, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, Rips. yeah. If you go on Booker and Dax's uh, Instagram account, you could take a look. There's a, a, a infrared and John didn't really say much about it on the on the account, but you can see an IR image of the pro versus the regular. And it's like, it's just like a lot more. A lot more, more yeah. yeah, a lot more even, a lot more, a lot more heat coming out, out of the front of that thing, which just means that it's also, uh, I think, John, you like this fact, it's the same size as most burger patties. That's true. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. Melt your cheese in one go. Yeah. Perfect. Boom. Yep. And it's just so much faster. It is. Yeah. It really is just so much faster. Uh, so anyway, keep your eye out for that because when we launch that sucker, we need people to buy it so that other people are like, we need people who know us to buy it. Because then people who don't know us will be like, well, this other person bought it, so maybe I should buy it. Exactly. Yeah. All your friends. Get everyone excited. Because what happens if uh, people don't buy it, Stas? We won't make it. Here's the thing. If you don't buy it. We don't exist anymore. Yeah, I mean, we, we're not going to. Well, the show will exist. Well, no, who knows? Who knows? Mm. Dire times. <laughs> dire times. Not dire wolves. Not dire straits. Not dire straits. Do I like Dire Straits. Yeah. yeah. You know, the new John Mayer album yeah. sounds a lot like Dire Straits. Really? Mm-hmm. Like Brothers in Arms era? Mm-hmm. Money for Nothing, Shakes for Free? Mm-hmm. I like Dire Straits. A lot of people my age hate on the Dire Straits. Weird. I don't know what it is. They're like, you're like, hey, did you like Dire Straits? They're like, nah. Nah. Like, what? Do you like them, Joe? Dire Straits? Yeah. <clears throat> um, I don't love all their tracks. I love that song, Lions. Mm. I don't know it. We're beautiful. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. But not, not a big fan. No? no? You don't like his uh, guitar stylings? You're not a Knopfler fan? Mark Knopfler? Noodly. Oh, you hate the noodle? I don't love the noodle so much. Wow. Yeah. I do like the noodle, but I don't love his style of noodle. Not his particular noodling. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Okay. I'd take like a Jerry Garcia noodle over Mark Knopfler's noodle. Yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah, I mean, either. I was like, the thing about Knopfler is like, he seems like he's like a little bit of a jerk in his the way he sings, which I kind of like that a little bit. Like, not like pavement level jerky, although he wasn't a jerk to me in real life. Uh, Malcolmus? Yeah. He was actually quite nice to me in real life. I used to listen to him and be like, I love this. I bet he's a jerk. You know what I mean? <laughs> I always got a little bit of that. Like, the whole like, the whole like anti consumerism money, you know, the. Custom kitchen delivery. I was like, he's a little bit of a dick, probably. Knopfler. Yeah. But I like that stuff. Anyway. By the way, I'm going to take something back I've been saying for years. I'm not going to take it back, but I'm going to moderate what I've been saying for years. For years, like decades, for 30 years, more than 30 years, I have said to anyone that listens that Michael Stipe is a butthead. Like I've said it to anyone who listened to me. I'm like, Michael Stipe, butthead. I'm going to go ahead and take it back. He might have been having a bad day the time I met him. He might have been having a bad day. I heard an interview with him, and I know you can sound nice on an interview, but he seemed, and maybe it's just because he's older. And, you know, when I met him, he was still, you know, like 30 or, you know, whatever. You know what I mean? Maybe I judged him too harshly. Is he more, do you think, more or less of a dick than Moby? I mean, isn't, I've never met Moby. Isn't he just sanctimonious? He's just hungry. <laughs> it's like, this is the new Stas thing. Just like, like all out of nowhere, just be like, bam! No, because he's vegan. Yeah, yeah, I know why. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but I'm like, but it's like, that's like the new Stas thing. It's just like, out of nowhere, one zing per show. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that's accurate, right? He's just like, I used to listen to some Moby tracks, though. Every 
everyone listening to some, there was that era in like, in like 2000, 2000, when everyone was like, I want to listen to Moby now. You know what I mean? That was a good well, album. Well, Cause he got, a, he, he, he got all his rights because of the, you know, the Jason Bourne soundtrack. Ooh, I don't remember. I didn't have it in that. Oh, God, that's a terrible song. Wow. I forget the one I used to listen to, but it was the time. Everyone was like, it was like the entire world was just Moby and Sade. Everything in the world was Moby and Sade. And, and right. Remember this, Stas? Is, is this when you were at MTV? Long, they did not belong in the same sentence. Yeah. Uh, maybe it was just my Napster. That was what it was filled with. Oh, my God. I feel so bad. Oh, well, I don't. No, what am I, stupid? No, I, I wish, I hope everyone in their life has the feeling that people my age had when Napster happened. Because it was like, I don't know what it would be the equivalent of, but imagine scrimping and saving to try to buy new music all the time and like having it be so much work to get new music and like never having all of these like access to these songs that you used to have when you were a kid. And then all of a sudden someone's like, it's all free. It's all free. It's all there. It's all free. It's all free right now. You can have it right now. And I was like, what? I stayed in front of my, and when we used to dial up the internet, you used to have this thing called modem, which was like a, a actual telephone. And it would go, me. Boing, do you remember boing, when you would be downloading and then you'd get a call and then it would. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Cut off. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And I, I don't remember this, but like at the end, was there a way to turn off your call waiting so it wouldn't hose your modem? Did they have some Not in my house. Not in my house. Yeah. So you're like, yeah, anyway, so like we would download all these songs and it would take like, like 20 minutes to download one song. By the way, that was Spam Risk calling me. Our good friend Spam Risk. Uh, so anyway, so like the joy, I know who I was stealing, but the joy of having all of that music at your fingertips is something I'll never forget ever. Just like that, that, I mean, wow. Uh, all right, two minutes, Dave. This is from Tyler Hodges. Uh, hey, Dave, Nastasia, Jack, John, Joe, and anyone else. That's it. That's all we are. Uh, do you have any specific times and temperature recommendations for cooking a pheasant low temperature sous vide? Would it be similar enough to other poultry or significantly different because it is wild game? Thanks. I've been listening for years and really enjoy the current version of the show. Tyler, well, thanks. Uh, say pheasant in French for me. I love that. Pheasant. Yeah. Pheasant. Pheasant. Uh, so pheasant is an interesting bird. Uh, I guess it depends on whether you're shooting it. I think most people who shoot the pheasant, when you actually pluck it, you end up ruining the skin. So the skin comes off and you don't have it with the skin. Um, pheasant is a delicious bird. John, you like it. Yep. Love it. Yeah. The breast on a pheasant tends to be whiter than the, than the breast on like a lot of other gamey birds. And so most people, when they're low temping pheasant, do it to a temperature closer to chicken right so the the whiter the breast is the closer you shade towards chicken and the uh the redder it is that you shade even below duck right so the the order of temperatures that i would do for birds is i would do uh squab the lowest at like almost like 55 especially because when you crisp the skin up on a squab it's going to jack the temperature up 55 56 uh duck 57 uh, then like, I don't really do anything at like 58, 59. I pheasant, I would probably do like 61, 62 around where chicken is and Turkey. I usually do it like 62, 63 for the breast, for the breast. Now the problem with pheasant legs is, is that they're always going to be kind of tough, right? Have you ever had a pheasant leg that really rendered out? No, no. no. Pheasant legs always going to be a little bit tough. So, you know, a lot of times what I'll do is I'll, uh, a breakdown and I'll, you'll, you'll treat the, the two parts of the animal differently. And I know that that's not as nice as doing it, but the, I think the ideal way to do that is to leave the breast as a double split, like press it open and take the legs off so that you have at least that kind of heart shaped double breast flattened out in the bag, take the hard bones off of the outside so they don't puncture the bag. And then with well, the best way to do it really is to rip all of the bones out and then re so you take those bones roast the bones listen to me roast the bones then take whatever your standard kind of volaille stock is that you have there you know your whatever your standard bird birdie stock is and then reinforce that stock with the roasted bones from the pheasant 
You hear me? You with me? And the easiest way to do that, again, is in a bag because you don't need that much liquid. So you can put the, the roasted bones in a bag. Be careful not to puncture it. You don't want to vacuum it along with a small amount of stock and like whatever else you're, you're, you're adding to reinforce it, you know, berries, spices, whatever, and then poach that stock with the pheasant bones as a reinforcement and then low temp the breast and then go higher temp on the legs in a bag and then reassemble, uh, you know, crisp off the skin and reassemble. And I think that's going to make you happy. Right. Yep. Sounds good. Yeah. Gotta go. Oh, we got Happy one. birthday, John. Wait, 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 wait. Oh, well, James Stewart, uh, James Stewart wrote in. I just got to get this because he's Patreon stuff. Got to do it. Uh, you mentioned a week ago on the podcast that you were having trouble cooking grits in your rice cooker with milk. I agree that grits should be done with milk, and I found a good way to do it with my Zoji Rushi. He has the pressure three, though. I want, man, I want. The, you know what? Jen was like, what are you guys' thoughts on on using the Teflon pan after the Teflon starts coming off? Does it make you nervous? doesn't make me nervous, but it makes Jen nervous. doesn't make me nervous. No, yeah. makes Jen nervous. She's like, you should get a new bowl. I'm like, Jen, a new bowl is $100. Maybe I should get a new Zoji Rushi. But there's, I have a certain honor in the fact that my Zoji Rushi is so old and it's still working, but I do want the pressure. Anyway, uh, I use Anson Mill, uh, Mill's yellow grits. I prefer the flavor. I use white when cooking bacon-wrapped shrimp and grits with red-eye gravy. I rinse and rinse the normal way, uh, and then I cook with water and a little salt on the 66-minute steel-cut oatmeal setting. Otherwise, yeah, the milk explodes. Um, so anyway, so like that's the trick. I don't have an oatmeal setting on my Zoji Rushi because maybe it's 20 years old. that they didn't, they didn't have it. Uh, and then he says, whose grits uh, do you use or prefer? Uh, and Jamie just moved back to, uh, oh, from Brooklyn to Ohio. That's Nastasia's favorite place, Ohio. Uh, I like the, uh, it's now called uh, Marsh, Marsh Hen, right? That, that mill Formally i like get you boy yeah i like their jimmy red uh yeah. a lot i like anson mills in fact the one that exploded what was anson mills uh white i had anson mills white and it exploded uh and another thing i've been grinding my own if you can go buy bloody butcher oh my goodness if you want to grind your own grits uh what you do is you do a coarse grind and then you sift it out and let all the fines go through and just keep the coarse stuff and you can make your own grits if you have a a grain mill cooking issues 